you're listening to another Leveraging Real Estate Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Leveraging Real Estate Podcast. My name is Ryan Corcoran and I'm your host. Um, today, another solo show. Uh, we're just going to really dive in today and, you know, a short episode on you know, what am I doing uh, right now in, in the real estate space? Am I buying? Am I selling? Am I holding on to properties? Am I... You know what feel what you know what aspect of real estate am I jumping into? Um, what am I bullish on? What am I um, you know sort of staying away from? Okay, so again, short episode, um, but you know I've, I've been asked this a lot. You know, what do you think the market's going to do? Is it going to crash? Is it going to come down? Is it going to kind of you know level off, or it's going to keep going up? And you know, let me just put this out there: nobody knows actually what's going to happen. I'm going to give you my two cents on the situation. Um, but again, uh, don't take my word for it and then, you know, come back at me and be like, well, Ryan said this, you know. Um, but okay, so first of all, let's just address the market. Real estate markets are extremely local. And what I mean by that is, you know, here in Warren, Rhode Island or Bristol, Rhode Island or just Rhode Island in general, right, Those all three of those markets are different, right, compared to San Francisco, um, the Bay Area, New York City, Boston, versus the Midwest, um, you know, they're all different, right? So um, it's, it's really, uh, you know, I find it interesting when people say, well, hey, the, you know, the market in general, well, it, it doesn't really work like that, right? Because it being with it being so local, they all can change. Um, and they're all, you know, affected by different factors, and they all don't react the same. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about the areas that I buy in, which are, you know, some areas in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. Um, as well as a little uh, right now, we have a property in Georgia uh, that we're buying. Um, but okay, so my take on you know the whole situation with inflation going up and property prices going up, and you know we all know that the the Fed increased in interest rates, right? I mean, I, I think interest rates right now are around five percent. About a month ago, it was about four percent, right? So they went up pretty high, about a about a full percent, and. So, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, you know, the, you know, it's going to crash, right? Interest rates go up. It makes, you know, buying power more expensive because now your monthly payments are more expensive. Um, however, here's the issue that I see with this. Number one, there's not enough, there's not, there's really not enough supply in general um, for the amount of people trying to buy houses, right? So before you list a property on the MLS, you get seven or eight offers. They're all over asking. You pick the highest one. Great, right now the interest rates goes goes up a percent. Well, instead of having seven or eight buyers, maybe now you have three or four, right? But of those three or four buyers, and you know, and, and maybe the asking, maybe the maybe the the selling price is a little bit closer to asking. Maybe it's still a little bit above, or maybe it's at asking, right? But still, nonetheless, you you still have a significant amount of buyers trying to buy a limited supply, and so I don't think that this you know this little bump in interest rate is actually going to make that big of a difference in the residential space. In commercial real estate, that's going to differ a little bit, and this is the space that I'm in, right? And and you know it's it's very simple, right? So we, as commercial real estate investors, we buy properties based on a return, um, based on you know how much value we can extract out of it, what our plan is, what we think we can do with the property, right? So if I'm buying a property at a 4.2 percent interest rate versus a 5.2 percent interest rate. We're talking a big swing of you know capital each month that is now going out um, in expense, um, which wasn't there before. So I do think that commercial real estate 
is going to sort of take, I'm not going to say a hit, right? I still think there's a ton of buyers. I think, you know, with cap rates compressing, I think the returns are getting, you know, smaller. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a huge difference, but I do think with commercial real estate, we might see a little bit of a, you know, a leveling off. Um, for example, around here where I live, you know, I, I'd recently bought a six family property, um, for, you know, 80,000 a unit, right? But the, the market rate's about 120,000 unit. Okay. I think that 120, you know, might come down to 115 or 110,000 per unit, right? So we're talking, you know, at the end of the day of, you know, 60, 40 to $60,000, um, decrease in the, that commercial property. Is it a drastic amount when you're talking, you know, 800,000, million, 2 million, you know, $10 million properties? Not that much, but it is, it is playing a role. Uh, and, and I've started to see it a little bit. I've, I've seen a little bit of nerves with some investors, um, you know, getting into it. I, you know, I, I had wholesaled a, a six unit property in Worcester, Massachusetts to uh, a buyer who was planning on getting an interest rate of 4.5 and when his bank told him it was going to be 5.6, he ended up backing out. Um, I, fortunately, I, I ended up finding a bank that would do 5% for him, which which therefore made his cash flow numbers work, right? But this, this is kind of the stuff that we're running into with interest rates going up in, in commercial real estate specifically. Uh, residential real estate, I'm, you know, I'm not huge and I do some flipping in residential, um, but... So this is the way I look at residential. I know we talked about it a little bit before, but when gas prices go up, do you still go to the gas station, put gas in and drive to work and, and do the things you need to do? Yes, right? You may not drive as far, you may not drive as much, but you still have to do it, right? So it's the same thing with buyers buying houses and, and, and sellers, right? So a buyer still needs to buy a house. There may not be eight offers over asking, there might be three. Right, so and and that's the the, the situation we're in with with uh, these interest rates going up. So in terms of what I'm doing, I'm always in acquisition mode. I, I don't think there's ever a bad time to buy a property. And in, in fact, I think the best time to buy a property is today. Um, and and the reason I say that is, a lot. You know what? I, funny story. Back in 2018, I was planning on buying a duplex, the fir my first property. And I remember telling my parents, my dad was like, well, "Why don't you wait?" You know, why don't you wait till the market levels off or, you know, comes down a little bit. We're at the, we're at the peak right now. It's been about 10 years. We're ready for a correction. And I'm looking at this duplex. I'm like, it's $125,000. I, I, how the hell can I say no to this, right? So I ended up buying it. A year later, I ended up selling that thing for, what, about $126 I bought it for. I sold it for $215. A year and a half later, I didn't do much. I put maybe $10,000 in, in work. And, uh, you know, everybody thought I was crazy because I was buying at the top, right? Well, here we are in 2022, four years later, that duplex is now worth 350 Okay, so <laughs> so I, like I said, I think the best time is to buy now. I think be safe, um, in, my, in my opinion, safe to me when I buy properties is it must cash flow. If it cash flows, I stay above water, I'm staying afloat. And if the market decides to turn the other way, that's okay. I, you know, I have cash flow. I'm staying above water. I get to keep that property, um, <clears throat> you know, in 10, 15 years or whenever the market gets back up to where we are. And then some, you know, I've got a ton of equity. The loan's being paid down by the tenants. I'm making money every month in cash flow. I get the tax benefits of owning that property. Um, so my outlook is I'm always in acquisitions, right? So uh, it, it, I, I don't really buy much on the MLS. Uh, so most of the stuff I do is from direct mail, it's from cold calling, it's off market from wholesalers, it's, you know, it's pushed to me pocket listings from, from agents and 
those are the properties that I have been targeting the last couple of years because I've, I've found it very difficult to make numbers work on the MLS. I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's a ton of work to do what I do with the off market. But, you know, I just give you an example. I recently bought this uh, property in Pawtucket, Rhode Island for 425000 a partner and I. We turned around and sold that thing for $625,000 doing zero work. We each put a hundred grand in our pocket doing absolutely nothing. And that's not possible on the MLS, right? Because everyone's seeing it. You're competing with all these other investors. So by me, had I, you know, I had sent a letter, a batch um, mailing out to people. I had gotten a call back. I ended up helping this guy out in a situation that he needed to sell his property. Ended up taking that. We found a buyer. Boom, hundred grand for the piece of us. Uh, for, I'm sorry, for each of us, right? Um, I've done that a handful of times in the last couple of months. So, um, I guess it, so in, in terms of really what I'm doing, buying properties under market value, I'm selling the ones I don't want to keep. I'm hanging on to the ones where I think I can add enough value where I can burr out of them, uh, which means I buy it. You know, we go in and rehab it. We rent it out for high, you know, the, the, the market rent or above market rent, right? Cause they're all brand new units. We then refinance that property. We pull back all, all of our capital back out that we used or investor capital and partner capital, whatever it is, and redeploy that into another. And so again, acquisition, 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 acquisition. I think it's always a good time to buy as long as you're buying the right deal. Um, so that's in terms of multifamily. In terms of the flipping business, I'm buying, uh, you know, I, I am looking to scale up um, the flipping business. I know everyone's saying, you know, be careful, be careful with the market turning. Um, however, at the end of the day, you have to remember that the properties I'm buying, they're already 30% below market, right? For, for what they are, right? So if I can buy something 20 to 30% below market, go in there, rehab it up to really high standards, you know, I can pull a profit margin out here that most people can't. And so that is really what I, you know, what I'm urging you is to, you know, if, if you're going to be buying properties right now, make sure they're off market, make sure they're well below value and keep that buffer in there, right? I mean, I don't think the market's going to drop 30%, right? But hap let's say it happens to level out or drops 5%. If I bought something 25% below market, I still have a 20% swing in equity right there. Um, so that would be my advice to you guys. Don't just go out and buy the first property you see on the MLS. I think that you might get in trouble. I think, I think there's... You know, I, I think you can probably get a little bit, uh, get yourself in trouble doing that. And I have actually done that. You know, my wife and I lost $40,000 on a property that we bought on the MLS because we thought we were going to be able to have enough equity in it to turn around and sell it when we wanted to. Unfortunately, we spent too much up front and we ended up losing $40,000, right? So and not everything is a win. Fortunately, that is the biggest loss we've ever had. The rest of them have all been giant wins. Um, so I can't really complain too much, but, um, so I guess to summarize this up right now is the best time to buy off market really. And you know what? Here's, here's the last take on this. If, if you don't want to go out and send letters and cold call and find off market properties, the next best thing to do, in my opinion, is find yourself a fantastic real estate agent. Go online, look up all the brokerages, call them up on the phone, send emails, get a list of agents and, and tell them, you know, what you're looking for. And whoever, which, you know, whatever agent really stands out to you and says, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to help this person find a property, you know, is, is continues to, you know, poke you and reach out to you and, you know, and, and, and continues to, to work for you. Um, you know, I think you should really buddy up with them and try and, and 
get their knowledge from them because they can help you. Even if there's a property on the MLS, they might be able to say, hey, you know, you can add a you can add a bathroom here. You can refinish the basement and your value will be this. You can, you know, you can add an accessory dwelling unit. You can add an exit over here and turn this into an in-law and rent it out, right? There's a bunch of different ways that MLS properties can work. I personally just don't go that route. But if you're not going to be sending direct mail and cold calling and using all these direct to seller off market techniques, I think the best next step is to get yourself a really good real estate agent who can help you find something on the market. Um, that's number one, buy really uh, you know, below market value deals. Number two, multiple exit strategies. And for me, that's, okay, if I'm gonna buy this property to flip it, if I can't flip it, what's my next strategy? And for me, it's always, I will never buy a multifamily property unless I can rent it out in cash flow. Okay, so if I plan on flipping, let's say I buy a six unit, but I plan on flipping it, if that property isn't gonna make me cash flow, I won't buy it in the first place. Um, so I, I guess that's really, that's really it, right? So acquiring properties as they come up, um, as always, I, you know, that's sort of my business model. If you're gonna buy properties in the MLS, make sure that there's something in there where, you, you know, something about that property where you're able to add value if you need to. Because the last thing you want is to go out there and buy a property, have the market turn, lose your job or something, not be able to make the payments and not be able to sell that property, right? That's how you go into foreclosure and that's how, you know, that's how you lose money.